Okay, welcome everybody to this week's podcast. Um, so this is going to be an interview basis as per the last one. Um, I did have somebody lined up to come in and interview me today, but the last minute they haven't been able to make it. So I have Miguel who has jumped in basically completely last minute <laughs> to fill the position. Um, so thank you for that. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit to everybody. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Miguel. I'm psychologist and life coach. And uh, yeah, I saw your, your post. So I got in. Okay. And where are you at the moment? What, what part of the world? I'm in Madrid right now. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, let's just wing it and we can go with the flow. So whatever you want to get into. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, Chris, tell us about your, your, how, how have been your trip in spirituality? Since when? And what, hap what happened in your life that uh, give you that possibility to grow? So what's happened in my life that's given me the possibility to grow? Yeah, until right now, until this moment. Okay, well, that's a very broad question with many, many different things that kind of run underneath it. Um, because, you see, in, in my own spiritual process, there's been so many different little things that have occurred along the way and some kind of big moments as well. But I almost don't see the value in, in, in expressing it to people because okay. it really doesn't do anything for anybody other than entertain the person. <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? It doesn't actually assist someone on their own process. What I will say is that what a lot of people assume their spiritual process to look like, all the, the flashing lights and the, the awakenings and the enlightenment, and it's all very different from that, at least in my experience and my experience with assisting other people spirituality is really a, a long-term consistent process that is going to open up the more your awareness starts to develop because spirituality in the most in, in the largest sense is really just becoming aware of your own bullshit and as soon as we can start to see it and then let it fall away or do something very proactive in order to cut off the habitual way of engaging with specific parts of us and specific parts of our lives, that's when real spiritual growth starts to happen. Now, for me, I was in a very, dare I say, lucky position because my body got to a point where it was totally unable to not be in alignment with its nature. So okay. my body would just get sick. Like if I did something that was just not intended for me, my body would just get sick. 
I would feel miserable. Uh, I'd feel very, um, I'd feel very trapped. Like I was kind of locking myself into something that I should not be locking myself into. And yeah, so I had no choice. I had to walk away from the, the craziness and the madness and all the things that were not intended for me. There's a lot of people maybe that are listening to us mm-hmm. and they have a lot of uh, belief that they cannot do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, yes. they, they think. So what do, you, what do you say about that people and how we can, we can help them to get out of that, that space of mind? Well, the first thing is that you can never be prepared for it. Okay. Because people don't want to make a decision until they feel that they're totally prepared for it. That they can totally handle what comes on the other side of it. People need to know that they got it before they take the action. You cannot be prepared for it. You need, like, the person will need, the person really, really will need to confront themselves in a way where they just start to become aware of even the small things in their life. They don't have to focus on the gigantic things right now if it's just way too much for them. Just start small, keep it simple. And gradually start to work with what you feel you can work with right now. Whether that's cutting off a relationship that is just not good for you and you've been putting it off for so long because you're just afraid to engage with it, start Start small. It might seem big, but it's small on the grand scale of things. Start somewhere where it will push you a little bit, but you know you can survive it. Just by doing that, your love of self will begin to increase, which will give you more strength to tackle some of the the really heavy things that you have been ignoring in your life. But you can never be prepared for it anything in life i don't care how many books the person reads you will never be prepared <laughs> that's you you got to give up control to that so it's like uh, you're telling people that uh, in any 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 step they are in any moment they can begin but they need patience right like They don't have to 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 point to the sky. They have to point to right now, right now, in this moment, to do a, a little step, step by step, right? Yeah, but otherwise it won't stay consistent. Consistency is the most important quality to to self growth, to self exposure, exposing yourself and, and working with it. Um, for, for those people that right now they are asking like how and I develop my conscious consciousness how I say it conscious consciousness mm-hmm. right now in this moment in my life for those people what what would you say practically what I would suggest people to do is get a little notebook and a pen okay. and carry it around with them and they can call it their bullshit notebook And every time they notice themselves doing something that is not good for them, that mm-hmm. is very unhealthy for them, whether mm-hmm. it's 
food they're ingesting, whether it's the people they're around, whether it's the way they're thinking, the way they're walking, the way they're breathing, whatever, anything that they become aware of and catch themselves that is in self-trickery, write it down and then make it your mission to completely eradicate it from your life. This is what I did for quite a while in you know early on in my process and i had a notebook full of things that i had no awareness of previous to me actually writing it down because now i was catching myself in the process in the act and when you can catch yourself you start to become so aware of all the ways that you're functioning over a very short period of time so -hmm. then you have a lot to work with Mm-hmm. Because you can see with your eyes what's happening on paper, and you mm-hmm. think about it. It's like it's like uh, it's like you become an spectator, a spectator of yourself, right? Doing that. Yes, but you always need to be. But this is just the initial training for it, mm-hmm. because eventually you don't need the notebook. And mm-hmm. you're just in maintenance mode. Mm-hmm. So I definitely advise people to do that. Another exercise that I give people quite a lot, which is very, very beneficial from the from the comments that I receive back from people, and that is to set a reminder on your mobile phone or your device or whatever you have that will buzz or vibrate every 30 minutes. And every time it goes off, the question that I have people ask themselves is, how am I feeling right now? And where Mm -hmm. am I feeling it? A very quick check-in every 30 minutes in a person's waking day. This Mm -hmm. has profound results. Mm Mm-hmm. And then what? What do people do? Because they do it. Okay, Chris, I did it. I, for example, I feel very sad and I feel it in my chest. Mm-hmm. So, so what, Chris? So they, they, they will ask you, they will think like that. So what, what do well, I have the, to do? The what, the what is just to allow the person to acknowledge that there's something going on in them. And then mm-hmm. to another person just to do what they need to do in order to learn how to relax back into themselves and into what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Because letting trauma go and letting go of, of some of these emotions or these tensions in people that are running mm-hmm. people's lives, people try to do all sorts of things to get rid of them. The only way you can actually transcend through these emotions is by understanding them in a felt sense, not even with your mind, but actually Mm -hmm. going into them in a surrendered way, in a way where you're not trying to fix it. You're not trying to do anything to it. You're not trying to force it out or push it out. You're not trying to see it as a problem. You're just sitting with it. Because you start to give this part of yourself your attention, your love, your patience, your kindness. This is what heals the situation. Mm -hmm. 
But if people aren't checking in enough and they're just running from their uncomfortability of how they feel, then they're never spending enough time in the depths of that emotion or that feeling in order to understand it on a felt sense level. So people really need to mm-hmm. learn in the moment when these things are actually occurring, how to relax into it, how to drop their shoulders, how to release their breath, how to stop clenching so hard. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it is a good idea when you're in a moment of pain, of in a situation, in a situation that happened to you like a very difficult situation, in that moment, just breathe, as you say, and relax your shoulders and be present in that moment. It's like, a, it's like one of your advice. Yeah, but it also sounds very generic when you say it. So mm-hmm. what, what I want to say is that, yeah, do all those things, but also expect and allow yourself to be totally fucking overwhelmed by what mm-hmm. you're feeling because mm-hmm. you will be and a whole lot of the process in your life is allowing yourself to be totally overwhelmed by yourself and by life and being totally okay with it exactly it's like a place of acceptance right yeah it's like accept accept that you you will be fucked up and just be be be, be cool with that Something like that. Because really, the, in the, in the person has no choice anyway. It's mm-hmm. happening regardless of whether they're choosing to look at it and be okay with it or whether they want to tighten up around it and wish it wasn't there. It's happening anyway. Mm-hmm. People think they can be cunning and clever about it and like dodge it and run out of the way of the speeding bullet that's about to hit them. It's still, it's still going to hit you. Except you're just choosing to be unconscious about it and to stay numb as possible so you don't feel it starting to eat you alive internally. So you wake up one day mm-hmm. in five or ten years and realize you've got a deeply, uh, deeply dangerous disease because your body has been eating itself this entire time because you've been choosing to stay numb so you don't have to feel the reality of what is going on in you. So it's always going to hit you. <laughs> So it's much more powerful for you to allow it hit you and to see it and then to bring it love because it will completely transform the negativity of that feeling, the the toxicity of that feeling. It will stop it from burrowing deeply into the body to hide. It will actually be allowed Mm -hmm. to move through you and out of you by your allowance, by your surrendering to it, by your acceptance of it by your even curiosity mm-hmm. of it. When I feel something well up in me, I'm more curious than anything now. And a person needs to realize that what they feel does not dictate who they are or their self-worth. Because people, mm-hmm. when they start feeling anxiety, at a label that they might call something they feel. They instantly assume that, okay, this is anxiety this is bad, me being anxious around this girl or me being anxious around this man, me being anxious in this environment, people are going to think things about me. People are going to think that I am weak or that I'm not cool or that I'm not happy. And then we make the problem worse by attaching all these made-up meanings 
onto something that was initially very innocent. It was just something small to teach us something. So we start to, to add in the poison, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But people need it's to very important that, that they, they need to allow themselves feel how they feel when they're with people. Because it doesn't dictate your self-worth. If I'm sitting here talking to you and, you know, it's happened to me before. I'm speaking to a group and I just start crying. I don't know why. It's just happening. (laughs) But I'm not there to shut that off. I want to invite life into me as much as possible. And if that's how life needs to move through me, then that's how it is. I'm not here to tell it what to do. Mm -hmm. Because life is the thing that keeps us alive. Feeling is life. As soon as you stop feeling, you get a little more dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is, what is your 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 what is the 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 limit, you know, of being in that state of acceptance? For lot of, maybe maybe a lot of people say that okay, I will accept everything in my life. And they begin a relationship. They begin to stay in a job. And they don't like the job. They don't like the relationship. They don't like what they are doing in any place. But they say, okay, Chris told me that I have to begin in, in a, I have to stay in, a, in acceptance and accept, accept any emotion that I feel. What is the limit when you say right now, I have to go out of this emotion. I don't know if I I could explain the question to you. Your emotions are your intelligence attempting to communicate with you. So if someone is in a in a job that they hate, in a relationship that they hate, I'm not telling you to accept that and do nothing about it. First of all, I'm telling you to completely allow yourself, feel the severity of how much you dislike what you're doing. So it becomes so strong in you that you have to change it. Okay. You see, the reason people can stay in jobs that they hate and can stay in relationships that they hate is because they don't listen to their emotions. Mm, okay. It's like, use it, use that that you're saying as a as a motor you know like impulse to go out of the situation use your emotion as a guidance right right something like that yeah it's it's always speaking to you it's your it's your guiding light in many ways yeah you like you need to let what you feel govern how you how you move through your life And being aware and intelligent enough to know that what you're feeling right now needs to just be processed alone and it will it will move out of you quickly. Or if what you're feeling is, as you said, because you've committed to a job that you hate or that you're in a relationship that is very detrimental to you, that's not something you just go and breeze through for an hour and say, okay, now I'm okay again. No, you need to do something about the situation. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give anyone coping mechanisms for bullshit. Mm-hmm. I want people to get up and actually change what's going on. 
so they can mm-hmm. live a life that's more in alignment with themselves. But that begins with listening to all the things that are fucking eating you alive and doing something about it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so cool. It's like to to change the vision, to to the pill outside, to to take the pill inside, to take to to get the answer uh, in your in yourself. Mm-hmm. So 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 cool, Chris. So cool. Uh, let's talk if you want about our sexuality. You, you, I know that you, you speak a lot about that. And maybe there's a lot of people out there that would love to 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 feel better with their self and in their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, mm-hmm. what, what, uh, what let, you, let me, for, I just want to preface by saying yeah. some people will kind of introduce me and things I do and they'll say that this is Chrissy is a sexuality teacher or a sexuality coach or they'll, they'll use these words and I always have to clarify that I'm, I'm a human mentor. Humans are entirely sexual. We are mm-hmm. sex. Um, so it's not that I'm a sexuality mentor or, or I, I work with humans to be more human, to be more natural. And that just so happens to be head to toe sexual because that's what we are. So I just wanted to preface that point before you go into your question. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I see outside that in my clients, in friends, yeah, a lot of people outside that they they feel they feel very very uncomfortable with them with themselves, you know, in yeah. that uh, what do you think about that? How how that how how can uh, what 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 can they do? You know, to begin to 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 feel better with themselves in their sexuality. I'm gonna come back to the point of awareness, <laughs> like I spoke about earlier. A person mm-hmm. needs to be aware of how deeply uncomfortable they are in their own sexuality. Because in many cultures, it has seen it's seen as being almost having a sense of reverence to to disassociate oneself with their sexuality. As an example, I release a post that's very to the point with regards to sexuality, male or female sex, and I'll have a whole lot of lovers and I'll have a whole lot of haters on that post as well. Um, and the haters are always hating in, in, in a deeply childish way. Like there's really zero level of intelligence. It becomes name calling, which is one of the biggest uh, indicators that the person is coming from a deep misunderstanding of themselves and also a deep uncomfortability around their own sex. Um, and it just so happens that most of the name callers tend to be men because they're not comfortable with a man being within his sex, honestly and lovingly and and speaking out for what's real. So these individuals who have been kind of what I would say feminized as men, um, Mm -hmm. they behave in, in these ways where they don't understand it. 
their prey doesn't want to engage with it, so they want to tear it down in order to to redeem some feeling of of adequacy of self because a male ego is a, is a huge thing if it's not kept checked uh, mm-hmm. so in terms of of your question what can people do again it's such a broad question with so many different factors to it because a person's relationship to their sex is going to be affecting everything that they do everything to how they shower how they dry themselves in the morning how they walk down the street how they eat their food so mm-hmm. if you can get more clear on the question and it, it would be of benefit where i can maybe give a bit more um for for men what i would say is a man really needs to start becoming okay with the fact that he has a penis mm-hmm. and he likes to use his penis and that he likes to feel good in that area of his body but not in a way where it's it's derogatory not in a way where he's he's attempting to use something for his pleasure a lot of men have been made feel so bad and inappropriate for having sexual desires and genitals Mm-hmm. Uh, they almost have to rush their sex they got to quickly get in fuck and then quickly get out so they've accomplished it mm-hmm. um, men really need to actually take dare i say a more receptive feminine way of relating to their sex so they can actually lay down with themselves or lay down with their partner and really explore their feelings during sex while being aware of their genitals because mm-hmm. a lot of men this will bring up a lot of sadness shame guilt fear in men when they start slowing down and actually start getting in contact with how they feel during sex a lot of men have huge mother wounds that they've really never dealt with Uh, and this stuff all comes up when a man is being intimate with a woman in a conscious way not in a way to fulfill a fantasy of some porno that he's seen but actually to be in sex to start communicating with himself and with the woman that he is with because sex is healing that's the whole point of it except for the reproductive aspect of it for a woman I mean that's just a very brief overview mm-hmm. for the male. Mm-hmm. Um for the woman it's very crucial that she can come to a spot of not attempting to perform or wanting to please the man. And also okay. for the male it's similar that the male should not be there to perform because he's mm-hmm. breaking the energy, he's disconnecting from the person that he's attempting to connect with. So okay. most women when they're in sex they're almost there having a male experience. So she's treating her body as if she was male. She's attempting to to drag the man into her and she's laying under him attempting to to fuck him. And everything is very forceful. Everything is very jerky, everything is very friction oriented. So there's no feeling. Nothing can really come up. And most women have become so terrified of feeling anything heart oriented 
because they feel they need to protect their heart. They need to protect their love because of how men have handled them before and how much distrust has been put on them, that it's crucially important that a woman can start coming back to that place in herself where she can mm-hmm. start expressing her pain, her sadness, her, her, just her fear of being mm-hmm. close and being open and being vulnerable. Because if a woman cannot be in that part of her body, and not be in that part of her sex, she's never going to be happy. Ever. Ever. So it's, for the sexual aspect of it, we really need to stop seeing sex as, as, as the tits and the ass and the legs and the dick and the muscles. Because that is not benefiting anybody and it's actually running everyone into an early grave. Mm-hmm. sex is about a lovingness it's about allowing love to come up in an individual for themselves and for the other person but we're also terrified of it because of how strong it is that it forces the person to feel mm-hmm. so that's my overview my general overview yeah. of your question yeah i love i love them the the part that you say that Men and women don't don't they don't have to 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 please the other one. No, you know, they have to. They yeah. Can you can you go go more deep in that? Sure. When somebody reaches out in an attempt to please somebody else, the first thing that happens is they have to disconnect from themselves mm-hmm. and what it is that they need to move towards. So they sacrifice themselves, first of all, whether it's in a huge way or a minute way, it's still occurring because your focus is just on the other person. Mm-hmm. Sex really needs to be about two people being so present with themselves, with each other, that the energy that starts to come up will be so much more pleasurable and pleasing than anything that they could have possibly done to each other because the other person actually gets to feel and experience the other person in their own fullness. That is the most beautiful, powerful thing that another person can experience you in your fullness. Mm -hmm. But when you start to, you know, smash down on someone or spank somebody or go fast or make a lot of, Uh, ridiculous performing movements or positions, all of that stuff is just for show. It really means nothing. And it's not benefiting anybody. Sure, it can be fun sometimes. Go for it. If it's fun, if you enjoy it, but just keep it fun because that's all it is. Sex is about something so much deeper Sex is about something that is is being involved with before you even come in contact with another person. It's always beginning with you. And Mm -hmm. when people people come together to, to be with each other, I'd really encourage everybody to just don't have there be a mission in the sex and the lovemaking and the fucking, whatever you want to refer to it as. Don't have there be a goal. Let the goal come to you during the experience. 
because it will naturally come up if the people can start getting out of the way. If you can start seeing sex as, okay, there's no race, there's no structure, I don't have to start with my hands and then move here and then go there. Most men have a system. Mm-hmm. You know, they go from step to step to step until it's done mm-hmm. and then that's it. And a woman does not function like that. Most women have been tricked into thinking they do function like that. And she's wondering why, why, why sex is so difficult and, and painful and miserable and frustrating to her. Because she's doing it in a way that was never intended for her to be engaging with it. So when two people come to sex, have your only goal be to just hang out with the other person as deeply as possible. Just mm. to feel the other person, just to explore the other person and yourself in the process of it. No time limit. No rushing to try and give or get an orgasm because that has nothing to do with what an orgasm is. The orgasm will naturally arise and can be there for, for hours if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. But it's about how deeply can you just intertwine with another person and just chill out in that. Um, that was you are saying, uh, make me um remember some 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 things you know that some people in tantra and in 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 technologies of sexuality and self growth and meditation they say that we change so much of our energy when we 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 have sex with another person or other people and what what is your 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 thoughts about if you make sex with other girls for for example mm-hmm. uh, and share your energy in that deeply way mm-hmm. if there, there are many girls in a week for example is not dangerous for your soul for your energy Well, this is my job, to have sex with people, <laughs> just energetically and, and from distance at times. Um, but no, what I mean when I say that is that sex for me is not just the physical engagement. Sex starts way before that, and it's way more about the energetics. Um, I don't want to get too deeply into that, but every single person that I work with mm-hmm. I'm in a process of making love with them. That's what you see in the energy work. That's what you see in, in the different forms of work that I do, especially with, with women, because that is what's needed from an energetic standpoint. So, you know, I may be sharing that intimate space with 10, 15 people in a week. Mm-hmm. So is it dangerous? No, not at all. It's not dangerous once you have a hold of yourself. Once you're operating from your integrity, once you're operating from, from a place of feeling and staying in contact with your beingness, you see, it only becomes dangerous when you engage in sex unconsciously and start throwing your energy away. Because then it gives room for other people's, other people's, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I can see it, but I can't hear it. <laughs> for other people's influence to start coming into you and dictating you. Mm-hmm. This is why it's so important to have yourself, but this isn't even just for physical or, or whatever type of sex you're having. This is for life. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is how corporations, how government, how systems influence everybody. How people are so brainwashed. It's because mm-hmm. they've walked away from themselves. They don't have a hold of themselves. So now they're very, very up for grabs. They're very weak. Anyone can come in and convince them of anything because they don't have themselves. So this isn't even just for, for sex. It's for everything. Sex is just an example of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have seen that there's a lot of people that say that, that, no, you have to choose very well the person you are having sex with. You because, do. Yeah, uh-huh. Can, yeah, exactly. Uh, can you explain about that? More importantly for a woman. Okay. Because, what, a woman, because a woman is a receptacle. Okay. A woman is an energetic receptacle. So when she lays down with the man or she's around a male uh, for a specific period of time, mm-hmm. she starts to take in whatever frequencies and thoughts and beliefs and ways of being that that male is penetrating her with. Okay. Okay. This is why it's really important for a woman to to be intelligently in communication with herself so she can feel is this person good for me to be around or does my body tell me that this person is not good for me to be around based on how I feel right now. Women go around trying to pick men with their brains. They they try mm-hmm. to pick the man with 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 their eyes. Mm-hmm. With their thoughts. That's so dangerous because she's never really going to be connecting to her intuition on the subject. She's going to be following fantasy and that's going to really engage with her in a negative way because she's going to have to be with a lot of men just to find a man. But she won't know if the man is a man of substance until she goes home and sleeps with him and then she starts to feel some things and she doesn't feel so great after she sleeps with him and the next day she feels even worse or when she walks home from his house she feels used and not connected to and like he just dumped himself in her. This is what women feel on a regular basis and it's Mm -hmm. almost like men don't see it, men don't understand and many women don't even understand. They just have this feeling of, of... disgust the man looks good and the man sounds good but after he's been in her she feels shameful mm-hmm. he feels like she's done something wrong and in a sense she has she didn't choose him based on her intelligence she didn't feel into him she didn't tune into him the man that was standing in front of her it's not her fault because women have really not been educated or spoken to or given clear understanding of how to even notice a man mm-hmm. but for women it's very very important because whatever she takes and she starts to 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 manifest outwards in her own life 
That's why you can meet a woman who's ha- is so happy in her life and she gets into a relationship or, or relating with the male. And yeah. after a few weeks or a few months, you meet her again and she, it's yeah. like, well, whoa, what's happened to her? She looks Amazing. tired. She looks sick. She looks upset. She, she looks broken. And then you just need to look at the quality of the man that she's with and how he yeah. shut her down, strangled her down, I know she's just a shadow of her former self. Mm-hmm. Where men need to be cautious is what they allow themselves listen to from women. Because where a woman takes in on a felt sense level, that's how she processes information more so. That's how she'll go through her transformations. A man is much more mind-oriented. A man is always looking for an understanding of things from a mental standpoint, so he knows how to proceed. So what men need to be careful of with women is having women's words almost program them. And how you could see this play out in in a practical, real-life situation is that the man... Uh, meets a woman and he says, yeah, let's just, you know, let's just be friends with benefits or whatever he wants to call it. Let's just, you know, keep it loose, keep it uh, easy. Let's just, you know, have sex, enjoy each other's company, get to know each other. And then a few weeks down the line, he's like moving in with her or proposing to her. And he's not doing any of the things that he's wanted to do. Not necessarily because he wants to, but because just being around her he started to take in a lot of the things that she wants and the things she says she wants in the way she wants them this is why in an argument a woman can say just a few words and it will cut the man down for years in an argument a woman can say some words that are so hurtful to a man that he will remember the exact words that she said 10 years later Mm -hmm. wow because that's how sensitive a man can be in his mind. Whereas a woman will be so wrapped up in the moment, she'll just say a bunch of this stuff and she'll forget about it 10 minutes later and she'll want to she'll make love with him. But he doesn't forget and that starts to attach to his ego and starts to run his life. So men have themselves, they need to have their minds when they're around women because so many women out there right now are so hurt and so mishandled that they're perpetually in a mode of childishness. Mm-hmm. So men need to have themselves so men don't get turned into, into children because otherwise nobody can help anybody. So they have to, to your, your advice for men, like, they, 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 when they are know with yourself. girls... Sorry? Know yourself. No, as a man, know yourself, have yourself, know what's yours and know what is not belong, belonging to you. So what I mean when I say that is know what you stand for, what you're about, what you want and in the way that you want it. Okay. Wow. So if someone comes in, whether it's a man or a woman, it doesn't matter at that point, it can be anybody and attempts to feed you information or to tell you about yourself that you can be there and be open to it, receive it, and then go through it, break it down and say, does this belong to me? 
or is this somebody else's? And if it's nothing to do with you, then get rid of it, toss it away. So it's having that sovereignty in, in oneself as a man. So you can't be pulled in every direction based on someone's criticisms or comments. Or It's very common that uh, a lot of people, or I think everybody, think they want something. And they think they, they, they want something in that way, but they, uh, that is not what they really need or they really want. That's like fantasy. What is your what is your advice to to be more clear in what do you really want for those people? By spending as much time with yourself, so you can get to know yourself okay. as deeply as possible, because only then will you know what you actually need, not what you want, what you need first. Mm -hmm. and what the things that you want will just start to come up from that place the things that you want are just things that you will be drawn to and I don't mean being drawn to the kind of Coca-Cola that is not what you need mm -hmm. that's what you want but that's not what your intelligence wants that's what your addictiveness mm -hmm. wants your habituality wants So it's being able to see where the line is in these desires and these things that you're being pulled towards and being really honest with yourself about that. Because a lot of people want things such as a whole bunch of money or a whole bunch of girlfriends or a whole bunch of boyfriends or a whole bunch of houses. They want those things, but those things are in no way what the person needs. That want is coming from a lacking internally. So again, knowing yourself by being aware of yourself as much as you possibly can from a moment-to-moment -moment basis. Because otherwise someone else will tell you what you want. And this mm -hmm. is what society is. People buy a lot of shit and they work hard to buy more shit. They don't even know why they want it, but they feel like they want it because they've been told they want it. Because someone has figured out how the human mind works and now they can appeal to the people and the individuals who do not have themselves. Mm -hmm. and one of the quickest ways to have an individual not have themselves is by shaming them is by guilting them. It's by removing their, their connection to sex from them. That's how you steal the person's empowerment from themselves. Mm -hmm. That's why I do what I do. Because people wake up to that. Mm -hmm. And I really don't give a fuck about you know, people who don't agree with what I do or have issues with what I do or with me, it really makes absolutely no difference because the only issue that they really have is with themselves and how they've been trampled on and how they've eluded.
And I also get that a lot of this work is very confronting to people. And I totally understand the anger that can come up in people and the, the uncomfortability and the, mm-hmm. the desire to lash back because it means if they lash back, hopefully they won't have to deal with it in themselves. And I'm, you know, I'm totally patient. I, I want to give a person all the time that they need and they can call me all the curse words they need to call me in order mm-hmm. just to, to tire themselves out a little bit so they can start to settle. Um, yeah. Because we've been dealt such a, such a horrible card to be in a society and to look as a human should look. The expectations are, are very unfair on men mm-hmm. and on women. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think are uh, the top three lies that we 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 believed for the society, and that's not true. That's <laughs> a question. Well, <laughs> I couldn't possibly give you the top three of anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's just an article in the making. Um, security is one of them okay how society convinces people that if you're a part of it you have security security is one of the biggest myths to ever be fed to anybody I don't care what somebody does. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care how much job security or pensions or retirement funds or medical insurances that you have. You have no security. (laughs) You can put 15 alarms on your house. Someone can still kick the door in with a gun and take your head off. (laughs) Security is a myth. When life has to take you, life is taking you. And there is nothing that you can sign up for <laughs> that is going to stop that security is one of the things that society it's one of its top weapons for it to claim people you make a person feel deeply unsafe and then you offer them the the golden ticket hey come over here here's the ticket but you got to stay here when you come over So that's the first thing I'd say is security. That's the first biggest lay. After that point, I'm not sure what I can really, because there's so many different things in in different intensities. The other that I I feel is the fact that you're not good enough. Mm Mm-hmm. And because you're not good enough, you now need to start living your life and consuming specific things that we tell you will make you better. Still probably not good enough, but towards it. They'll make you a bit better to what you are right now, because right now you're just not good at all. (laughs) And you start to separate the individual from themselves further, and then they just become more driven to buy into uh, everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. 
That's all really I have on, on that question. And, and I, I was thinking about one that I think is very important is like happiness. What do you think about happiness and how the society sell us the happiness? Let me just turn my alarm off. Mm-hmm. That's my, it's 10 a.m. alarm. Because <laughs> I need some form of time benchmark in my life. Um So your question was on happiness. Yeah, happiness. I think that's a very, a very, very big lie of our society. What do you think? Well, I mean, they've put happiness in things. They put happiness in places mm-hmm. because you can't sell the fact that happiness is internal to anybody. Mm-hmm. Be in a book that will that will you know bring you happiness, or a talk that will bring you happiness, or happiness is what sells. That's the only reason anybody buys anything is just to feel better. Mm-hmm. But when you've already come to the point of feeling that within yourself, you're not looking to buy stuff or exactly. to consume people. People use people for happiness. That's what mm-hmm. a whole bunch of relationships are. Oh, you just make me so happy. It's like, well, fuck, I don't want that job. <laughs> Jesus, that's, that's quite an expectation on your part. <laughs> I was not aware I was signing up for that. People need to be responsible for their happiness because then they can start to be empowered. Wow. That's the spiritual process. That's everything I've been speaking about with you today. Mm-hmm. That's what will naturally start to come up. A safe, relaxed, content happiness that is consistent and that does not fluctuate based on the things that go on around you. That's true happiness. But in order to have true happiness, a person needs to really remove the level of importance that they place on the mundane, frivolous things in their life. Happiness is simplicity. The point is that you will never be happy until you find happiness in the simplest of things. Because most people, again, are distracting themselves so heavily in their lives to the point where they, can, they can't even function in a, in a way of being happy. They always need something outside of them. Uh, one person asked me, what is, what is charisma? For you. What you know, is like, what? I don't know how to say it in, in do English. Mean, do, you, do you mean charisma? Charisma, exactly. Mm-hmm. What I, 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 I give to you that, that, that question. What is for you, Chris? Me. Charisma. Me. Mm-hmm. It's me. It's, it's, me. it's you. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do with all the things that you think you need to do to be you. Charisma is the most simplistic form of you. When someone can be so deeply relaxed and connected to their own lovingness of self, Mm. where they're not doing things based on pleasing everybody around them, when when they're not compromising, basically. 
Mm-hmm. For me, that's what charisma is. No, I mean, charisma is just a word. There's many different ways you can explain it. Some people will talk about how movie stars, this movie star is very charismatic, but they mm-hmm. also drink themselves to death and smoke themselves to death and are entirely unconscious in what they do and really hate themselves. So other people will refer to that as charismatic. Okay. Charismatic for me is just, it's, it really depends on the individual who sees it because my form of charisma is going to hit someone very differently to a movie star form of charisma. My form of charisma is going to force a person into themselves. My form of charisma is going to be magnetic to somebody in a way that they're drawn to me, but it's possibly going to be very uncomfortable for them. Mm -hmm. a movie star's form of charisma is because a person feels so lacking in themselves that all the stuff that this other person has all the glitziness is so appealing because the person hates themselves so much that they think they need that in order to be happy Mm -hmm. charisma is almost showing someone look what i have that you don't and if you had it it's going to be it's going to be better for you. Now, you can do that in a trickery, which is the movie star charisma, or you can do it in a deeply beneficial way, which is more along the... Um, I don't know who to use it as an example in this specific position other than myself, whereas what I would be bringing is going to be actually helping someone with themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, charisma is also down to energetic frequency. It's down to how a person feels about themselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's it again. It's just a word, but there can be a lot of ways to explain it because there's lots of different versions of it. Yeah, but I think uh, people understood. I think it was a, a very nice. Answer. Okay. Yeah. I hope so. All right. Well, I think that's that's good for today. Okay. Um, unless you have anything else specifically that you'd like to ask. No, I think it's it's a very very good podcast, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, and thank you for coming on at the very last minute, and also the fact that English is not your first language, and you're totally okay to come on and jump into it. That says a lot about you and where you're at, because um, most people would need hours or a day to get ready for it. Um, oh. But yeah, I enjoyed it, and I hope that the people listening got something from it. So thank you so much.